this is because of me. Wow, I'm good. Okay, if you do something wrong, you need to step up as well. So step up for your successes, have gratitude for it, but step up for the mistakes as well. Hello and welcome to the Eat This for Performance podcast where we support teen athletes and their families to eat for a better performance, to live a better life, and to get all of the tools they need to be the highest performing version of themselves. I am your host, Pearl Nuremberg, founder of Eat This for Performance and Sports Dietitian, and I welcome you to today's podcast. Here we are going to get to meet a guest and we get to get a sneak peek into what goes on in our sports nutrition program that we run with our teen athletes. Now, before we get into the podcast, I have some exciting news to share with you. For the very first time, we have opened up a comprehensive approach to getting the athletic family fully taken care of when it comes to sports nutrition. If you haven't heard, we're the best thing on the block to find out how step-by-step you can understand and implement, actually eat the way you want to eat. And I see it. I see our teen athletes posting their superfoods, their performance meals, and getting it and getting to the next level. I want that for every athlete that hears this message. I want that for every family that hears this message. So what you can do is you can go check out eatthisforperformance.com. You can see the three options that I offer to get started as one of our VIP elite or pro families. So I look forward to welcoming you to our fold. Now let's check out the podcast because this is a great one with one of my friends, Eric Blais. Eric is here in Montreal with me. He's a physical educator trained to the bachelor's level, but he's also so much more than that. He's been trained in yoga therapy, postural alignment, kettlebell, massage, stretching, animal flow, this is a great one, and barefoot training. His understanding of the human body is unparalleled. And I think just having seen his, his work, having experienced his training sessions, there's something a lot deeper and included in his trainings is the mental aspect. So what's also special about Eric is that he's also a former athlete. And we just scratched the surface of his youth and what it took for him to go from athlete, almost a professional baseball player, to having to leave the sport, and then coming to this career. So we've, we're going to hear a little bit about that, uh, but I'm sure you're going to have more questions. So at the end, I'm going to share with you where you can find Eric and where you can get more. All right, let's roll this interview and dig in. I hope you enjoy. Okay, welcome to the next session. We have an amazing guest for you today, ladies and gentlemen. And for those of you who do not come every time to these sessions, you get extra time with myself and our guest and each other to just dig in deeper to your sports nutrition journey, to your own personal athletic journey. So use this time well. And um, I know you are, you're here. So, um, I have a question for you just trying to kind of set the tone. I liked it to like have a question that you're answering or you're asking of yourself. And this is the question of today. Do you just do your sport or are you unique? Like what makes you unique in the sport that you do? If you're a swimmer, are you just a swimmer? 
Or what is unique about you, the swimmer, that makes you stand out from the crowd? If you are in a, an arena filled with athletes like yourself, which I can bet you can put yourself, close your eyes and imagine yourself in a venue where there's other athletes you're competing against, what makes you unique in that moment? So I just wanted to shine some light on that. And I was inspired by some messages that I was hearing. So as we talked to Eric today, maybe there was something that'll spark in our conversation. And I would argue that the morning routine that we're working on in our sessions this month inside the school is a great place to be focusing on your unique qualities. What makes you better than the competition or what makes you compete at the highest level or just better for yourself in that moment if you're competing against your old self. So I want you to be thinking about the answer as we bring in Eric. And so welcome Eric Ble, and I say that in the French term. Eric is here in Montreal with me. We are uh, a mixture in Quebec of actually majority Francophone. And uh, so you'll hear some of the accent that Eric brings, the flavor that he brings, and a lot of his content that he puts out online is in French. So if you are studying French and, or understand French, you can hone your French skills with Eric. And uh, Eric is a, a coach. He's a coach like myself, and we are uh, coaching people to be better versions of themselves. I would say ultimately when I think of Eric, that is what I, I want to first present him as, but he also has a background in physical education and, and his information and his personal experience in practicing different movements and working with the, I would say the neurosystem is really what stands out in his work that I see that is a, like quite a level above and why I featured that in the arena, why I wanted you to know that this is we're talking, we're going to be talking deeper on neural connections today, uh, that um, this is like a lot of his work that I've seen recently and we've talked about. So I want to welcome, welcome Eric to the, to this, uh, I call it the podcast because it's going to go on a podcast, but also this is a mentorship session inside of our, our sports nutrition school. So welcome. Thank you very much, Pearl. Uh, thank you for having me, giving me this chance to uh, express myself about the subject. So it's really interesting to have you on for a few reasons, but I want our students and everyone to get to know you a bit better. So why don't you take us back to um, your beginnings in uh, sport and why, why you would connect so deeply with the people in this, in this virtual room? Um, actually, life is movement. I always say this to my clients. I always say this to people I love the most around me, my close circle, uh, everything is about movement in life. Um, and very young, I always wanted to move everywhere. My parents were going crazy because I was jumping around all the time. I was trying to do crazy stuff with a bike, like with BMX, or uh, I was just like this kid playing all the time. And at some point, I started to do some sports, uh, some for fun, some for competitions. I started with actually figure skating. Uh, and it gave me um, some very um, important skills to, after that, go to hockey. And so I played hockey for a long time after that. And I was like a little bit above the other players at first because my skill at skating was high because of figure skating. I was very agile and I was very stable on that kind of platform. 
And then I played at a high level, elite level in baseball. And I, I thought I was, or maybe I had a chance to go for major league or at least try to go major league in baseball. But unfortunately, I had two very, very bad injuries, uh, one shoulder and my back. And it's just stopped my dream there. That was the first time I've been crushed in my dreams in sports, like that much. And so this is the first time I had to, to look again at my dreams and uh, to find a way to change the mindset because, like I said, I was crushed. And um, I had to reevaluate, re well, re sorry, <laughs> sorry for my English. Uh, and uh, to take a step back, um, trying to build confidence again in my physicality and trying to find a way to be like other things than only my sports. So you were asking the question when we started this, you said, are you only your sport or are you unique? And I had to find my uniqueness because my physicality wasn't there anymore for my identity for a while. And so that's why that question for me speaks a lot. And I also played other things like volleyball, tennis, uh just for fun and also martial arts um and the only reason i came into martial arts maybe wasn't the best idea i don't know you tell me you're gonna be the judge people in the room but uh i've been uh beaten and uh bullied by older kids and uh my reflex at the time was because I froze when I, get, I got attacked the last time by two older kids on the street, um, I said to myself, never again. And so I entered into karate, Yosekan, and to learn how to defend myself. And so I was always a small kid. I was almost a small one in the room. And uh, I always tried to be bigger, first physically, and now at 45 years of age, I learned over the years that it starts inside. So the way you see yourself in the mirror and the way you see the reflection of others into your eyes and how strong you are inside will change completely the way you interact with people and the way people see you and people talks to you uh, it will be less of a challenge or if it's a challenge, you have this strength and this courage to look inside and be like calm and not just into reaction, but you can take a step back, have more perspective and just go into action instead of just being into reaction mode. So that's pretty much my background, a resume of my background in sports. You've played a, a lot of different sports and coming at your sports from different reasons and angles. Is there something that uh, you remain true to about yourself or about how you approached your training that was consistent? Uh, yes. You mean even today? After even, even today and yeah, and after forty years, <laughs> very active today. I, I if you if you do catch uh, Eric afterwards on it on Instagram or uh, it's Instagram and YouTube, right? The main outlets that you have. He has yeah. some amazing things that he does with his body today. So I would say yes, even today. 
Actually, I will say I'm even more agile at 45 uh, because now uh, maybe in the past two, three years, uh, I work on problems I had with my self-esteem and I was really trying to push down emotions. For me, it was a weakness and the language of emotion, I didn't know how to learn, how to connect and how to listen to it. And so for decades, I just pushed it down. Uh, now I'm connecting to this. So I have this strength from inside out and it helped me to move more freely because now I can connect the breath. I can connect my brain. So the motor control to perform even better because now I'm more stronger because I have a more, I have a core, a proximal strength we call, and I'm so more connected to my senses, to my emotions, to my thought processes. And now I'm not just into reaction mode. I'm like, huh, okay, that is happening in my head. Why? And without being judgmental, I can see that my body is talking to me. And then instead of fighting, I'm enjoying the ride and I'm playing, I'm moving with it. And so now I can see the connection full to core sequencing all the way to my core. And with this proximal strength, I have this amazing power and abilities in my limbs. So if you're playing baseball, if you're doing martial arts, if you're doing hockey, I mean, you need a lot of depth of that to perform at a high level. And instead of just going crazy with the thought processes and emotion, you're like, I recognize, I accept, and I have this precious knowledge to grow and evolve in my sports, but also around me with my friends, with my colleagues, with my parents, with my teammates. I mean, this is insane. And so it's so positive. And that's to answer your question is this, I have this connection, play, and I reconnected with that feeling of playing. And now I'm this kid, but at 45, with all those life experiences and insights, but playing again like a kid with that knowledge. That's interesting. Okay, I have two things to say. One, when you were talking about emotions, now yeah. we're getting very abstract, but we can be, we can say excitement, anger, frustration. Uh, so we can go negative, we can go positive. I'm yeah. you know, feeling all of, the, all of the range. And when I think about the word, I've had this described to me before, it's not my idea, but the word is E and motion. So if you do separate out the E, E stands for energy mm-hmm. in motion. And I, so when somebody said that one time years ago, I said that, that to me makes sense. I don't know if it translates into every language. It works in French, emotion. So yeah. it works. But uh, the idea that when you are putting energy, moving that energy around emotionally, it affects your performance. And we know this to be true because when have you put on a mixtape or a mix, I say tape or a mix of music yeah. and, and that music pumps you up, changes yeah. your energy gets you ready for a competition. Uh, I would love if you put in the comments, my, my athletes here, if you have a song that, get, that gets your brain ready for competition. Um, I know there's like definitely a song that I can think of that gets me pumped through presentations. So I'll, I'll share that one with you. But that's, that's one thing that came to mind. And, um, but I would love to hear 
you know, more specifics if there was something that in your like a younger teenage years mm -hmm. that came up for you that maybe you lost your sense of, of play during that time. I'm just curious, how young did that loss of play happen for you? Um, actually, when I entered competition, uh, because it changed the mindset. And it's really important that people understand that it is my story. So everybody reacts differently to competition. But because I had a, a low self-esteem, I think I found ways to try to have this recognition from my peers. And so we know that when you're a youngster or uh, you're a teenager or young adults, I mean, the way you build your identity, it's through how people look at yourself and, and the reflection of it. That's one way. And so because I was the small one and I've been to some extent bullied sometimes, I had so small features, then I had to become bigger in my mind and bigger physically. So I've trained like crazy, I bulked it up like a lot of teenagers do and young men. And, uh, and then I lost that sense of play. It wasn't about fun anymore so much than to be competitive in this world. And so the way other men looked at me and the way they reflected what they felt about me and how I felt about myself, uh, it changed the mindset. And so today, uh, after decades of practicing regularly, almost daily, all the time, doing the same thing over and over and over again to perform in my sports, and so it becomes like a flow. You don't have to think about it. You, it becomes parts of you. It's second nature. After that, after a while, I was like, oh, I want to throw up. I mean, I cannot take it anymore. And so I had to reconnect with this sense of fun, this pleasure in movement. And when I did that, I was like, wow, okay, now I can even be better in my physicality, in my sports, in my physical practice, because now I'm oneness, I'm allness. I can feel inside my heartbeat. I can feel the change in my breath. And with this, I have oxygen, energy. You were talking about emotion, emotion. This is something that Joe Dispenza talks a lot about. And there's this Indian priest uh, called Indapani. And he said, energy goes where your attention goes. And so where you put your concentration, energy goes. So if you want to perform in your sports, you need to focus. You need, you need this ability to concentrate on one thing. And so you can put all your knowledge, all your experience, and all your abilities, like focus, like a laser beam, and you become not just good, but you become great. Imagine you can do this with the mind, with your heart, and your body, all in the same at the same time. It's when you have this crazy connection understanding and awareness. It's like, it blows your mind. I mean, it's an all new ball game. And this is what I'm experiencing since the past few years at 45. So I'm like, whoa, okay. It's just, 
I'm just starting. <laughs> so I'm playing again. That's really beautiful. And I think that everyone's going to take that in, in, and metabolize that in, a, in different ways. <laughs> I know. I would love to hear how uh, we can impart some wisdom or how our athletes can use your wisdom, actually. So what you've learned about your experience um, to apply to their morning routines or their evening routines. It's something that's near and dear to us in this moment of time because we are focused on it this month. Uh, for me, what is so powerful about rituals, about routine daily, it's, it's create structure uh, as much for the mind as what you're doing in your day. So basically, it's a discipline to overcome procrastination. And so it creates awareness where you concentrate your energy and so your emotion with awareness. And so to me, like ritual in the morning can be, okay, I wake up and something as easy as make your bed. And that I take again from this Hindu priest in Dapani. He said, the first thing I do when I wake up is I make my bed. And I do it like it's the first time and it's going to be the last time I do my bed. So every time I do something, not just in sports, every time I do something, I put my mindset into, quote, perfection. Meaning every little thing I do with the bed is like, okay, if I was doing this, playing my sports, if I was playing hockey, soccer, rugby, whatever it is, I will put all my energy, my emotion into this. So if I do it daily in everything, it becomes second nature until it, it's your nature. And so you have this crazy ability to concentrate intensely on one thing. You're not a good player anymore. You're a great player. And that's one of the many reasons why I love rituals. It creates that mindset. Mm. I love the, the making your bed, actually, it's, it's making its rounds. There was a speech a couple of years ago, a commencement speech from a general. I don't have his name. Someone somewhere will put his name in the, uh, in the comments of wherever this posts. But it was explaining to the young graduates of that university that the number one thing they could do is make their bed in the morning and that got that caught on so last year i was working with a volleyball team out of the ontario volleyball association and we um, were talking about you know the different things you could be doing and he said one of the things that has worked really well for his team as a competition amongst the team players was to compete how many days in a row they can make their bed. And he said, there's players that are still going. The competition is not over, like months and months and months later. So that, that kind of mentality, like you could almost turn it into a competition amongst your teammates or your, or your, your best, you know, best next uh, accountability partner, that there's something, it doesn't have to be making your bed. Are there other ideas that you might have for that action? in the morning? I think it's a great one, but uh, I would love to pick your brain for a few more ideas. Well, I have three other that I do every morning. I have my cold shower. And so I work on my ability to accept um, what is and to accept a difference in body temperature and the water touching my skin with the cold. 
And now I can work on my ability mentally to not just react like oh, it's cold and I want to get out, but this ability to work with my breath, to slow it down and not going into craziness in the mind. So I, after a while, you get used to it. And so I use cold shower for mental clarity and to wake up in the morning, of course. <laughs> uh, I have meditation and visualization. Uh, so that's a lot for the mind to calm, to have a calm state of mind and kind of going through my day. Uh, and I have, of course, physical activity, physical exercises that I pick and choose depending on the day. So it can be um, inspiration from martial arts like capoeira. Uh, it can be uh, some of tai chi, tai chi bo, with it. so tai chi with a stick. Or it uh, can be some stuff with box, uh, shadow boxing. Uh, can be, uh, I'm an animal flow instructor, so I'm using a lot of that yoga so sometimes it's running slow jogging uh in nature so i have these different kind of surfaces where my body is working differently and ready for whatever happened very adaptable so that's pretty much my rituals in the morning what i get from that is it's not always on autopilot like there's a certain, there's an element of the ritual. It's like, okay, you're doing something physical, but it's not something the same repetitive that you could almost do in your sleep. And is there, is that an important piece? It is. Um, but I do understand that maybe it's not for everybody. Maybe some people, because of who they are, at least at this time, because we always evolve, we change, it's normal. Um, maybe today some people will say to themselves, okay, I need a very strict structure or forget about it. It doesn't work for me. And that's fine. No, there's no problem here. Find your way. Um, for me, I've been doing this very rigid structure for many, many years, even decades. But now that I started to play again, I need this flow. I need this easy going like i have a structure of mental and physical training i would say but it's very easy going into it and uh for me at the time it works pretty well actually so my last question for you before we have our own internal discussion is what would you tell your younger self what piece of advice and tell us how old you're speaking to we want to know Okay, uh, I would say maybe be between 10 and 20, I will say. I will say, have more compassion for yourself, kid. Like, that's okay to make mistakes. And you're, you can learn so many great things from it. And so be more compassionate. Um, it's not the end of the world. That's okay. Um, another thing I will say is you have the right to say no. You have the right to create limits and boundaries. That's okay. Uh, if you don't do this, um, there's, in my experience, a fair chance or risks, depending on how you see it, that one day you will wake up and like, I don't know why, but I feel like S hit. <laughs> I don't know if I can say this on your podcast. <laughs> we'll leave it as S for now. 
um, because you don't have this bubble, this personal bubble. Everybody gets in and just doing their thing and you're just like, whoa, whoa, that's too much. It's like uh, if you were a punching bag. So you have the rights to set limits. That's okay, which I wasn't doing. And uh, I have so many more things, but two last one. Uh, life is absolutely fascinating. Uh, there's some stuff that is really ugly, ugly, and some are so beautiful and interesting. Interesting. So just stay curious, stay strong. And my last one will be take full responsibilities for everything, your successes as much as your mistakes. So if you like it when everybody tells you or you tell everybody, oh, this is because of me, wow, I'm good. Okay, if you do something wrong, you need to step up as well. So step up for your successes, have gratitude for it, but step up for the mistakes as well. That will be my probably my advice. Well, we are with a group of kids who are really stepping into their next level in their, their own evolution as athletes. So I'd like to give them the time now to chat with you, pick your brain some more and open up whatever came out of this conversation. So those of you who are listening on the recording, we are going to say goodbye and we hope that you reach out to Eric Blair. Do you want to say where they can uh, find your stuff and maybe we can note these in the comments as well here. Oh, yeah, sure. Uh, actually, the easiest way I have my website ericblay.com uh, or I have a YouTube channel with around 700 uh, videos, free videos uh, about the last almost decade of work. So I'm sharing a lot. Uh, it's mostly in French for this part. Uh, and I also have a Facebook fan page uh, where they can look at it. So, but although the videos are in the language French, I they are videos. Oh yeah, yeah, they're yeah, just yeah. worth like even if you don't understand French, just go watch what you yeah. do. Is like the ones in cold weather; those are fascinating. <laughs> just really how you control your your neural system. I yeah. know we're gonna we can chat a bit about this now. So, thank you so much for sharing uh, publicly with our community, and we'll kick off and go private now. Thank you for having me. Hey, you've made it to the end of the podcast. I'm so glad you did continue listening because I have a surprise for you. Those who listen all the way to the end of this podcast and who catch this special offer before the end of August are going to be in for a treat. So currently I've just opened up the program of all time for sports nutrition. It actually houses everything that I've ever offered to my athletes, to my families in one place. Now it's something that I am really proud of and that I think all families should join, but I know that we have a barrier. What is this crazy barrier? Oh yes, it's that people don't necessarily think that nutrition has as big of an impact as it does on performance. Can you believe that? Well, if you're not yet inside of one of my programs, you have not yet experienced what I really truly mean. And I want you there. So here's the deal. If you're not yet in one of my programs and you're curious, you're a little bit curious as to what's going on, if you take a screenshot of your share of this podcast episode, 
to your association, um, email list in your association or a head of an association. And I'm talking about a club too. It could be a club. It could be a sports team that has a number of people that are going to be able to check it out and listen and get the same benefits as you. Then I'm going to give you a free pass for the month of September inside of the club. I'm going to put you at elite level. That's some serious stuff and you're going to get some serious access. So if you love that author, this has to happen before the end of August, then go ahead, screenshot and share. I'm looking for those leaders of the future who are going to really become the greatest people and athletes. And I believe that could definitely be you. I'm looking forward to hearing from you. All right. Have a great day.